Welcome to The Corner. It's a celebration and conversation of everything creative. It's a soapbox, it's an intersection, it's a gathering place. Here we go. I don't know what to say. Every time I try, I break out in my head. My baby is the cutest little kid. You hear her? Yeah. P.S. You can hear Squish trying to be my little co-host in this episode within the first couple minutes. Peace. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Corner. Or if you're new around here, welcome to The Corner. I am Matt, as I always am, a.k.a. M. DeGlad Woodrow, as some of y'all know me. Um, that little ditty before I started talking at you is a little impromptu duet with my little one, uh, affectionately known as Squish. Um, she, uh, she started singing when I started singing to her, so we just did a little recorded duet, and I thought it would be cute to conclude it considering that i talk about her in almost every episode there is um as you as you know by now i'm a father i'm a husband i'm a family dude i'm someone who very much loves community so in that spirit all of that comes together in this one too i feel like that this kind of is the way it is i, I feel like I, I reach out to the guests that i reach out to because they they give me that sense in in general and when I start chop- chopping it up with them, they really confirm that that, that community and family is, is pretty strongly important to them. But on this episode, I have a dude that, that he, it's hard to say where he's from necessarily, and you'll hear that in this talk. Um, but the places, places like Puerto Rico, the Bay of California, Berkeley, uh, California, and then New Haven, Connecticut all come up. And what you will hear is how each one of those places have, have, really seeped into his music because his music is equally as traveled and as diverse as the places he grew up. So we're talking hip hop, we're talking folk, we're talking punk, we're talking all those things. Um, this guy's name is Chesky, Julio Francisco Ramos, if you really want to get down to it, but we all call him Chesky and he's just a dynamic dude. Uh, all the things he does, the conversation was a fun one. Uh, super nice guy. Founded his own record label with his brother called Fake Four Incorporated. Um, it's a totally independent label, putting out people who who he considers friends and family. And it's just a 
one of those moments where, like, like I said, when I reach out to certain guests, I have I get this feel about them prior to reaching out. And when I connect with them, they just totally take that expectation I had and take that feel I had for them, and then just totally make it come to vivid in in colorful life. So here it is. Without further ado, my conversation with Chesky. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. And how are you doing, sir? <laughs> Is that coming in good? I think I can hear you fine. Can you hear me okay? I can. All right. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining the corner. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me. All right. Yeah. Now, I know the e- emails and stuff get crossed up easy, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I didn't. I didn't see. Yeah. I, I, I thought I hit you up. Yeah. I just got that. Zero minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's about what I sent it to. So <laughs> <laughs> perfect. perfect. <laughs> Sorry for missing uh, yesterday. No worries at all. And, and all right. So how how are we doing? <laughs> uh pretty well. Um, I'm here in, in Las Vegas currently working on some new music with my band, Co-Defendants, and oh. um, preparing for a tour that we're doing in April. Um, that, that's uh, that's on my list of things to discuss too. So you must have read my mind. <laughs> uh, I was actually just listening to some of that to to give myself a little more a uh, little more energy into this. So uh, the 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 proper energy, if you will. Or uh, so uh, let's uh, let's get to it if you're ready. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So so I got I got a, it's kind of a roundabout weird question, but I'm going to ask it first because. Uh, you have a very wide variety of sounds and and, and styles, and is it, so, who are the major influences, and what are the major inf- major influences? Because I know you, you rap, you do a little punk, you do a little, like, like little uh, little little folky stuff. So it's like, so yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, my major influences, they're all over the place. Like for me to list them, it would take a long time. But someone. Some of the bigger ones are like um for hip hop, definitely freestyle fellowship. Um the whole like <clears throat> company flow. Um then later the shapeshifters, Anticon of Mexican descent. A lot of the, the Project Blowed kinda centric. Um Living Legends as well. All for hip hop influences, that was all a big thing um quantum a lot of the more left field experimental hip-hop that was coming out of the west coast was a big influence on me um the late 90s or mid to late 90s and then early 2000s especially and when it came to like folk music i grew up on um caribbean nueva trova which is like um it's called the new troubadour music of cuba and puerto rico mostly and that's why I have a lot of folk influences and I'm also a big punk and indie rock fan. So, and hardcore, hardcore punk fan. So all of those influences kind of mix together in what I do for sure. Very, very cool. Right. Cause yeah, it was just like, I was trying to map out how to ask that question. And uh, so, so yeah, it's complicated. I mean, I could name a bunch of bands, a bunch of artists, different genres that, all influenced me, but it would be a very long <laughs> answer. 
But it's yeah. I mean, I, I know what you I know what you mean on that one. Is I mean, I, I I call myself a poet, but I take a lot of influence from from music, um, and and a lot of music. A lot of the music I listen to is is hip hop, which is where I ran into you first. And then uh, as far as like knowing who you are and everything, because as far as I know, we have not met. But and so yeah, as far as I know, we haven't. But uh, you seems like it seems like you've interviewed quite a few people I respect a lot and so that caught my attention so well, that, thank you very much good I was gonna say speaking of quantum you probably saw my Latif the truth speaker yeah <laughs> exactly I come a big Latirix fan for sure yeah me too I, was, I mean you probably heard that come through in that, that, that episode but yeah yeah he's a he's a really good dude too so if you have not met him and did you get the chance I to? mean, I've uh, met those, I've met all those dudes, um, you know, in passing. They don't know who I am, I'm sure, but um, I mostly have met them just out in the street. I remember um, digging for records at the Berkeley flea market um, next to Lyrics Born. Nice. You know, my father was friends with uh, Gift to Gab, and that's how I met Gift to Gab through my father. Very um, cool. You know, so I had, I definitely had met a lot of those artist but i they don't know me as an artist you know <laughs> right. I, well, as far as i know i know right. you, you could you will be surprised though that's for sure i'd say yeah it's like because like, yeah that, i'm glad that you have the chance to meet them is that, that there's they are like i said nice nice cats that's cool uh, yeah they're, they're, they're last super... time i saw lyrics born was in a whole foods across from uh gilman street in berkeley so <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty crazy. i was like hi you're lyrics born <laughs> that's, <weird>. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I was about to play a show over at 194 Gilman Street. <laughs> well, that's 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 really dope. Uh, that's funny. As I was, I was on those lines of like uh, the first time I ever saw you perform was a, it was a quick thing, as you came out to do that the, the your parts in Sellout with Mike McClellan. Um Oh was, yeah, it was in, it, uh, in Boston. Yeah, it was in Boston. It was at uh, when when Doomtree as a whole yeah, yeah did, did did their thing. And I remember, like, when I heard that on the album, I'm like, "That that dude can spit." <laughs> so, it's, oh, thanks. You're welcome. And then, uh, and then I just got got to know your your music a little more and more. And uh, uh, speaking of your music, there's a homie of mine. I'm shouting him out. This is from my homie Jeremy, who's a huge fan of yours. Um, I, I did I did invite him to join us, but he he just said he's like he's he's already in bed. He he's, he feels old these days, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but but I have a question for you from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, uh, "When is Bring Me the Head of Francis- Francisco Falls coming out?" Uh, um, well, there's two answers to that. The first answer is if you bought the the 12 inch trilogy on uh, on vinyl. So there's a website we made called SadFatLuck.com, and people could buy the trilogy on there and receive these rare pressings of Sad Fat Luck, San Soleil, and Bring Us the Head. So they're going to be the first people to receive the record. It's going to be November, most likely this year. Um, It's taken a long time because of many obstacles. And currently I can't release it on a public scale because of uh, my situation with um, my deal with co-defendants. And I I can't really take the time to promote another solo record during this crazy time. And I'm really going all in with this band. So I was asked not to. So I am going to give it to people who bought the trilogy. I'm not going to release it publicly for probably a whole year after that. Okay. If, if so. And then hopefully I'll do some uh, final Chesky 
um, solo shows, final tour, maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe it won't be final. Maybe it'll just be the last one for a long time. I don't know. All right. Yeah, I'm going to make him listen to this whole episode to get that answer, too. So. <laughs> yeah, so for now, the, the, the earliest way to get it will be... I mean, the record's almost done. I'm actually seeing Factor in a couple weeks here, and we're we're going to talk about that as well. But, um, yeah, the record's close to done. I'm, I've made so many songs. It's been a challenge to to choose which ones will stay on it. So it's, mm-hmm. that's been a challenge. But. Yeah. yeah, that leads into the next thought I was having is, is you're, you're very you are very prolific as well. Like, like you have like a number, a number of things to listen to. If someone wants to find Chesky, they're not going to be hard up to find you. Uh, so like. How do you how do you keep it going? Like, what's the energy that like that you need to keep that going? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. People always say that to me, and I, um, when I look at my catalog over the last twenty years, I'm like, I'm not that prolific. <laughs> I'm always like harder on myself. I'm really only have like my official albums that are out. It's like one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, I believe, official albums out, and then a, a split. So over the last 20 years, I, I haven't even, it's about, including Super Rarities, it's about 10 albums, you know? So, um, but I've also had other bands and other projects come out during that time. But um, that's the only official, about, about seven, eight official albums in a 20 year time period. I don't think that's extremely prolific, but. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's the only thing I, I've done for, I haven't had a regular job since 2006. So this is what I do. Uh, that's, that's good then. So you're, you're making, you're making a living off it. So. <laughs> yeah. And, um, that's not why I do it. Obviously like it's, I've for, you know, I took a lot of most of my records until the trilogy. It was, I had taken four or five years between my records. You know, as I said, trilogy is quite the undertaking. Is so, yeah, yeah, yeah. What what went behind that? So, what was the thought process there? I think mostly was inspired by mania that was (laughs) driven by grief. I mean, um, I think it took me a really long time to to wrap up sad fat luck, but at the end of that process, when I was finally finishing that album, sad fat luck. I had this burst of energy and just started making a ton of music with Factor and writing a lot of acoustic material as well. And it, that became, we put it all together. And in, in the, the only way that it would work as far as um, releases, I, th- I thought because of it, it all came from a certain era, would be to put them out as a trilogy because there's just so much material. I didn't want to put it, all out at the same time, so I wanted to spread it out, okay. and uh, that's how it came to be. That's that's just pretty awesome to make, it make to make something out of a lot of feelings. So that's a, a that was that was the the thing. I when I when I listen to your music, I feel like even if I don't understand totally what you're sing, singing about or what you're talking about or rapping about, I know that there are real feelings going in there. And for sure. So it's like, is is that? A, a, I mean, you you kind of intimated at it, but it's is it an exhausting experience to to make music? Yeah, it can be. I feel like I've actually had 
So I finished, we finished the co-defendants record, the first one that's coming out one year ago. Um, and that that's the official record and B-sides and all type of stuff. Like that was all done almost a year ago. And then I've had a bit of a writer's block. I always have kind of emotional blockage after that because I let so much out. I kind of shut down after that. So it could be pretty exhausting. Um, and and then it comes back eventually. And this is the way I, I express myself through writing and song. It's just kind of kind of how I do it. So, well, but yeah, it could, be, it could definitely be exhausting. By the end, by the end of a project, it's a big ordeal. It takes a lot out. Yeah, like I feel that. Uh, but it's it, it's uh, from my vantage point, and I would dare say that people who have come to see you, you do your thing. Um, it's it's well worth it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, oh, it's the, you're welcome. The, the the yeah, the rewards are you're rewarding us. That's for sure. With 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 all that. So, um, yeah, I think I think a part of me kind of slowing down my solo um, ventures has been to give myself a little break emotionally. I'm you know, a lot of it. The concept was like, okay, I've been doing this. Um, my first solo record came out in two thousand four officially. So I was thinking, at least I could represent a 20-year span of, of, of music under my solo career, and then just put a bookend on it, you know what I mean? Right. And um, just wrap it up, because it does take... That solo material is so vulnerable and raw. It, it's, it has taken a lot out of me, and people um, really relate to it, which is the idea of it, but it's also... It also takes a lot out of me to to um, process the ways they relate to it. So I, I get a lot of letters, emails, and people reaching out all the time. And sometimes it's really intense, and um, it could bring back really tough memories for me. Um, but I'm, I'm glad at the same time that they relate to it, but it's also like, I feel like the older I get, the the less I need to um, completely be engulfed in my trauma in my past. You know what I mean? That so, makes, makes sense. So I'm going to put it out there in the world and hopefully people get out of it, get what they can out of it. But I don't think I I have to continue um, spilling guts to that extent. <laughs> so I, I like being part of like a more communal creation process now being less of like the front man you know what i mean that makes sense yeah i mean i, I mean i like I, I i told you a little bit about my poetry stuff but like yeah i'm pretty yeah. raw i'm pretty raw with it too so like i have to have a sense of humor in between me dropping a poem on a, a bunch of people because like i just and yeah, it's, a, definitely. it's an exhausting process on my end so like that's why like, i really appreciate when other people put it out there too. So that's why, so that's why extending that as well. Cause like, I, I feel you when, when you, when you do your, when you do your, your music, I feel that. And that's, that's a hard place to go to. So I definitely give you major, major kudos for that. So thank you, man. Thank you. You're very well. I, uh, yeah. And it's not like we're not, it's not like we're letting, <laughs> holding back on this new project, but I can share the duties, you know, especially <laughs> right. me, me and Sam who, write the lyrics for this band it's um we definitely go in and we get we get raw with it but it's not it's not all on me i think both of us 
come from projects where it was all a lot of it was on us as far as like songwriting or all right. of it in my case so um yeah it's it's kind of cool to to just flip it up and have a new it's also cool to kind of have a a new cycle start with a new project and a new new name and kind of try to start something new it's it's energizing right that makes sense. It's like I like I I love what what you guys are doing too because like I'm as much of a, a hip hop head and as much as a jazz head as I am. Like that, I love the urgency of punk, and uh-huh. I, and I just love how how give no shits it is most of the time. And so when I heard you were doing that, um, I was pretty excited to to, to hear it because I know that you touch upon that a lot in your own music when you're in soul stuff too. But like, to do yeah. a whole band about it. So how did how did Codefendants come about? It was mostly, it came about because Sam had seen me in the Bay Area a long time ago. Where he, he actually saw me perform with my brother and Max, uh, our band that's been like my childhood band forever. It's called Anonymous Inc., Anonymous INC. And he saw us at 924 Gilman Street years ago. And then at some point he did an interview where he was asked um, what he was listening to and he, he shouted out my music and um, other people who were mutual fans of ours reached out to me and they were like, yeah, this dude who's in a really great punk band who put out this incredible album um, called, the the band is called Get Dead and they put out a record called Dancing with the Curse. Um, so I, I reached out, I saw that he was already following me on, the, on like socials. I reached out and let him know I was liking the record, thanked him for giving me a shout. And he was like, yo, what's up? Let's uh, come out to Cali sometime and record. And I didn't know how serious he was about it, but we started talking a lot over pandemic, over 2020. And then by the time I broke out of Connecticut, I was in Connecticut at that time. And by the time 2021 came around, it started becoming more realistic. And I actually flew out to LA in March and we recorded a, a our first songs together and it just felt right. It was just going to be me um, guest guesting on a get dead song, but fat Mike um, from no effects. He, he heard it and he was like, this is, I want you guys to make a record and he loved it. So it kind of started like that. That's awesome. I was like, and then I, and then that also led to the tour with you and me on tour with no effects, but in April, you said, right? Yeah, we. It's No Effects is doing their final tour. It's, it's their fortieth year as a band, and it's going to be forty cities over the course of two years. And um, yeah, we're going to be on a bunch of those shows. Maybe I would say most of them. Our band is going to be on there. So nice. And that's that. If if there's a way to get noticed in punk. It is a way to, that's a way to do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, the funny thing is our band, you know, we're, we come from punk. We love punk and we, we grew up um, not only listening to it, but like just being a part of these movements and going to shows since we were kids, both, but we were also, the record is, <laughs> the record is far from a punk record in any traditional sense at all. You know, so <laughs> if people are going to go into it thinking, they're going to hear something that sounds like no effects. They're going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> and I'm really ready for that. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm ready to disappoint them. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually probably more, 
more in line with what you would expect a Chesky record to sound like. Right, right, right. But I mean, it, I would hope that no effects fans would be a little more open to things, especially considering like I, I just saw me first in the Gimme Gimme's a little bit ago. Oh, nice. Okay, and, and like and. I don't think anybody really expected all the bands that that those guys came from to do what they do, but yeah. uh, but they do it pretty fucking well. So like I, they do show tunes, they do they do like folk songs, <laughs> like that's kind of ridiculous. So, so I'm hoping that like for your sake that even though you you might you, you might disappoint some people, I hope you disappoint them in all the right ways. That's the way I look at it. Is like you know these diehard fans that have been that expect a certain sound from no effects and see that Mike is part of our band. They, they do have expectations that are not going to be met, but what we make is going to be a completely different thing. And I think that's totally cool. But then uh, another, a huge, a huge portion of them as well, are, you know, a huge portion of them are going to be into it and be open-minded. But I think a lot of them are, a lot of those fans have expectations built on nostalgia, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. So it's um it's cool. It's just something we we're gonna have to deal with and 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 just no why would we make another band that sounds exactly like that, you know, they've they've perfected it. So right. I mean they've 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 been doing it a long time, so uh, that's yeah. The, yeah, I I would I would venture to guess this that as a side note that like nobody expected no effects to be around for forty years. And to be honest, I think Sam Sam comes from underground hip-hop really you know he's like the most punk person i've ever met in my life just naturally <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but he really is a bigger underground hip-hop fan like he came out of the same scene we did with, with from the west coast and um he was actually part of a whole collective in san francisco for years that made super experimental hip-hop shit and he, nice. he used to go by the name louis regal was his rap name rap hip-hop project oh wow so um so yeah he really comes out of that and i think part of it is i think part of our goal is also to show that to another to another demographic of people and kind of share that history as well and that style we have moments on the record that are just straight up hip-hop tracks like we have that are that are a lot more like something that would fit on an underground hip-hop record than anything um, Fat Records ever put out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's that's what's up. Yeah, that's that's been pretty cool. It's like I think then you're you're very much in the position to make a lot of confused No Effects fans. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, there'll be plenty of confusion, some anger, um, yeah. some resentment. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how much, fine. <laughs> yeah, like how much more fun can you get if there's a lot of anger oh, yeah. and resentment? Right? I mean, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and a lot of it is really delicate and fucking poetic you know i mean a lot of it is really really fucking just i don't know just heartfelt writing so oh and i was gonna gonna say too is that you have a knack i know in your your solo stuff to doing very something that very atmospheric sounds too like it's like you're not just in the face like you have a you can you build a wall of sound in a lot of your solo stuff so like i i would imagine that would have to come come across and Anything you do? So. Yeah, I think um, the production style of this record is different from anything I've ever done. I really I come from a lo-fi um, background. You know what I mean? I'm used to things sounding a certain way as far as how dirty or um, lo-fi <laughs> it is. Um, and I'm used to doing things myself as far as recordings a lot of times. 
aside from working with great producers like Factor Chandelier or DJ Scientist, I, I, I just, I've done a lot of it myself. So it's a whole nother deal to have like this super, you know, um, a, a, a mixing engineer, for instance, that works with pop groups. Right. And, and he's super fucking talented and dope, but it's another level of sound. It's a, it's something that, you know, it sounds like radio friendly in ways that a lot of the stuff I make wouldn't really fit, you know, next to Blink-182 or whatever, you know. Right. That's, that's, that's still, it's like it's another way to expand the the discography, if you will. I mean, so it's, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's a cool uh, experiment for Sam and I. Like, we had a choice at, at, at one point at the beginning where we were like, we could go lo-fi with this. And Mike sort of pushed us to be like, he's like, I played these mixes for different people. We, we had different sounds and styles of mixes. One style was our taste, which was a more kind of underground mix. And, you know, lower vocals, um, less effects or compression um and mike kind of convinced us to go with a more pop style mix to see how far it could go because we would love to kind of be a subversive voices in a more mainstream space to be honest that's a that's such a boring space in many ways it's just such a repetitious recycled space of recycling ideas and concepts we, want oh, to shake we would love to shake things up if that's possible. We don't know if that'll happen, but at least we want to have the, the potential to do that. I got a good feeling about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, it's like if 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 uh, anything needs to be shaken up, it's music every now and again too. So it's like it's for sure, and pop music especially, like whatever um, that means to to you. I mean, mostly radio music is right. just in a it's at a lull that that is unbelievable and i'm and i'm mostly talking about like what was considered rock or whatever i definitely think that has died in a way that's like it's just it's just kind of sad so it would be cool to be uh something that could maybe break through that and shake things up yeah. Uh, yeah, like i said i've got a good feeling that it's gonna work so. <laughs> cool, cool. Right. Um, so you said you're out in vegas at the moment yeah, we're out here now. Right. Nice. All of us living in the same house. Wow. And so, so you, and you're from New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, you, originally, or uh, not originally? Yeah. So I I was born in um, New Jersey, okay. and lived a lot of places. So I lived in Atlanta for a while, Decatur, Georgia. Um, lived in in Berkeley, California, is where I pretty much spent a good chunk of my childhood. And I moved to New Haven in my early teens. Okay. And I was going back and forth when my parents got divorced. So I'd be in the Bay Area um, every summer. And it was still a big influence on me. I have a lot of my best friends stayed out there and, you know, sure. were out there. So it was, I was definitely a product of both, both coasts and both cultures, um, very much so. Right. Especially when it came to hip hop, honestly. And punk rock, because the punk rock, or if you want to call it punk rock, that I listen to on the East Coast is mostly New York-style hardcore. And then, then I go to the West Coast and would hear a lot of the uh, more, um, you know, Operation Ivy influence kind of bands or 
stuff that was coming out with like Lookout Records and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, you know, like, that was the punk and hip hop as well. I would, I definitely have a uh, influence from both coasts when it comes yeah. to that. Nice. Yeah. I say the Bay is not boring, not by any means. No, like, like when it comes to the music scene, and like I feel like a lot of people in hip hop, um, when they talk West Coast, they, they're they're stuck in L.A. But they, yeah. They, but then when you really think about all the influencers out there, most of them come from the Bay. At least they had the, origins in in the Bay, and then a lot of people moved to L.A. So right. I could say that almost everyone that influenced you from the Bay ended up in L.A. Yeah. unfortunately it's just how it happened and you know la is an amazing city i have a lot of love for la it took a long time for me to say that but it, <laughs> it, it 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 was from discovering i spent a lot of time in la i lived there um for various periods of my life i thought i was live i was gonna live there again <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and ended up here <laughs> so, um in the desert with all the lights yeah it's a different kind of place over here. Oh yeah, I've, I've never <laughs> never been to Vegas, but it looks like a different planet when I see it on TV. It is a or... different planet for sure. <laughs> that's what's funny is like I was gonna I was gonna ask about the scenes, but but I, I I feel like the people who listen to me also listen to you and also know about the Bay and hip hop. And you t- did mm-hmm. say some, so you did say more about about Operation Ivy and Lookout Records, and, which that's stuff I grew up on too. Actually, even though I'm a hip hop fan. Mm-hmm. I remember that record living very well because, like, I was—I don't know how old, but like, that stuff kind of came into my life somehow. Um, mm-hmm. But, but so, so you you ended up in New Haven on the East Coast a while. What's is there a scene in New Haven? Is yeah. There... So at that time, when I got to New Haven in the mid '90s, uh, it was just a massive hardcore scene. Um, hardcore, New York hardcore and ska, like third wave ska, was really huge. Okay. Over there. Um, to the point where we were definitely one of the most, um, like New Haven was definitely one of the most popping cities in the in the world, probably for that stuff. Like it really was. It was like a really exciting time. Like I remember Madball uh, listening to a interview with Madball, and they were like, "Yeah, New Haven, we would play there more than New York at one point. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a lot of the New York bands would be there, and it was just an exciting time." So, um, but. As far as hip hop, our scene has always been really scattered and um, not extremely like even back in the '90s. It was kind of it was kind of rare to see like a hip hop show. I remember they were they were pretty pretty fucking rare back then. Like I remember them standing out because they were just <laughs> they rarely ever happened. So um, if anything, it would be like a hip hop group that would play the hardcore shows or the ska shows or the indie rock shows or the pop punk shows, whatever it was, you know. Um, But yeah, a lot of a lot of musicians have come out of New Haven or Connecticut and they usually claim that they're from New York. And that's why a lot of people don't know that Uh, there was a scene there. That's 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 similar to like it was similar until Sage Francis blew up. Um, right, right. Um, I think everybody was from Boston. And, exactly, exactly. And, I'm probably, okay. yeah. I don't. And Sage, no. Since the first moment I heard Sage, he represented Rhode Island, right? Yeah, like and, North Smithfield and shit. <laughs> like, yeah, like that's a, like he came out of the gates not giving a shit about about what that sounded like too. So which Def- is definitely, which I get a big respect for it. So yeah, so yeah, and I, you know, and I like I like 
letting people know about New Haven as well. I feel like they definitely don't know what kind of <laughs> right. know anything about that city outside of outside of the tri-state area or even even a lot of people in the tri-state area don't really know what it's like over there so it's um they think it's like the suburbs or something (laughs) yeah i mean absolutely not (laughs) yeah that's what i had to ask because like i'm I'm a new i'm born and raised new englander i mean i had spent Uh a good chunk of my childhood in boston or dorchester specifically and now i live in vermont which like the the hip-hop scene here is we got a couple guys. It's light. It's light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, is, it, is Jarv from out there? Jarv is from, yeah, actually, I know that kid. <laughs> so it's, he's dope. Yeah, yeah he is so. dope. Yeah. He's kind of, he's kind of doing his thing, man. I see he that. really is. Yeah. Like he's from, uh, he's from Windsor, which is like maybe a half hour from where I'm sitting right now. I don't crazy. Drive. Yeah. And That's he, crazy. That's yeah. the only, one of the only artists I can say I know. Um, yeah. It's coming out of Vermont. Yeah, he's there's a there's a group called I don't know if they're still a thing, but there's a group called Epidemics. They're pretty dope. If you haven't heard about them, they're pretty they're pretty dope. Dope, dope. And then um, I can't. Remember. I played a crazy oh. show there once with Jarv and um, JPEG Mafia and oh, uh, and uh, Milo, who was oh, rap, rap Ferreira. Yeah. So that was an interesting show. Where where was where was that show? Oh, man. If you name a few, it was in Burlington. Okay, so probably like Higher Ground or yeah, ne- Nectar's, right. some one of those places there. I yeah. don't remember the name, but I, I remember my friend Rory's set being a very unique one. <laughs> he basically, <laughs> he had like a weird racist come up to him the last time he played that venue. And he was just like, you know what? I'm just going to talk shit for like two hours. So it's like, he did like four songs and he just talked shit the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he'll be invited back, but I respect him so much for that. That's 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 fucking. It was great. like I know the fans didn't like it, but I was like, yeah, talk your shit, man. Fuck it. I would I would have probably been there. I mean, I was probably I was not at that show, but I would would have been there for hearing that because that's that's an insane lineup, really. Yeah, that's that's yeah that that is yeah. It's funny because like that, that's where I mean that's where I definitely see most of the hip hop that comes to here in the state is higher ground and then i saw lyrics born at nectars which is not that far from there and then but uh we we have no hip-hop scene that i can speak of mm-hmm. but the, but there's a there's a dude i used to work with and that that is a he's fucking insane on the microphone and he's yeah, he's, I mean, one, uh, uh, but he's, cool. he's good but like i don't but like yeah i know i know literally know two people <laughs> so, so i think i mean I, you know i know I feel like I know just about everyone in New Haven doing it on like the indie rap type of circuit or whatever. Right. You know, like my boy Sketch or Old Self. But a lot of the hip hop coming out of New Haven is just like street rap, like trap, like drill kind of shit coming right. out, like drug dealer shit. And they don't really play shows a lot. It's just mostly recordings and videos and stuff that you could find if you look up new haven like trap music and uh, that's it's pretty much like you know gang banging shit yeah i like those, <laughs> I like those beats but like uh, I, yeah you, there's some good shit uh, well, and, then, yeah, okay. and that's and that's definitely not all of it I, you know i know you know my boy Seal hughes was also based out of new haven for a long time he's not there anymore there's a lot there was there was a lot of musicians that that kind of move through new haven but it's not really it, i can't say we have a very strong hip-hop scene right now every right. as i gotta say in connecticut though every year we do these um hip-hop for the homeless events that 
Joey, our homie Joey Betts puts on every December and it's like raises money for homeless shelters around the state. And it's usually around six to eight shows or like six, seven shows every December. And that, that's when we, those are kind of like our reunions for the whole state, but it's not oh, just wow. New Haven. That's pretty dope. I remember back when I was in school, I remember there's this, I want to say his name was Confused. I don't remember. Confused. Yeah, it was like probably mid nineties, like ninety seven, maybe. I don't know. It's like I, I remember hearing him on the radio, and he was all right. I just, I, I think that was his name, but it's been that's a long time ago. So yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I'm familiar. Right. But that's how I kind of met a lot of friends going to the college radio stations and going to those hip hip hop shows specifically. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm see. I had to ask that because like the only. Legitimately, the only thing I really know about New Haven is that Yale University is there, and some of the best pizza I've ever had is in New Haven. Absolutely. <laughs> so, like, I would, <laughs> I would say, and then maybe it's my 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 middle finger to New York because I'm a Boston kid, but like, I would say New Haven pizza is better than New York pizza. I think a lot of New Yorkers would agree. <laughs> Good. They don't like to agree, but a lot of them do, especially oh, the especially the chefs. Like, if you talk to like really high end chefs, almost all of them agree with you. And I agree. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, it's like I yeah I love pizza. I used to make pizza. I used to run a pizza place. Mm-hmm. I did that whole thing. So I'm kind of I mean like definitely a snob about it when it when it comes. Yeah, to it's it. a big it's a but, big pizza culture in New Haven. Like you'll find fucking five of the greatest pizza spots in the world within like a mile radius. It's crazy. And then there's like ten others that are all fucking great. So it's like. It's just the the um, the quality of it. It's a very high standard for pizza. Yeah, I was I was excited because I, I just not that this is about me, but I remember going to New Haven. It's like I'm I live close to Dartmouth College now, and I was going uh-huh. to see Dartmouth College play Yale in, in hockey. So I don't know how much more okay. white, I don't know how much more white New England you can get than that, but but <laughs> but. Uh, but I was like, like people were picking on me because at the time I was doing the pizza thing, and like I'm like, no, we have to go here. And yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's, it's like it's pizza. I'm like, no, it's New Haven. We gotta go here. <laughs> yeah, and I, and they 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 not only ate the pizza, but they ate their words of picking on me too. So it's like, because <laughs> <laughs> like it was so good. It's so good. And uh, definitely. But, but but back about music though, because I could talk pizza all night. Apparently, but but it's, <laughs> but uh, as so you got Fake Four Incorporated. So is, yeah. how did how did that come about? And like, I have a feeling like it's just to put friends out there, but like confirm deny i don't know what is what is it all about like uh, uh fake four started 15 years ago actually and we um 2008 that's crazy yeah. um it was my brother and i at first and we at first we just started because my brother needed to release a record that he'd finished we were trying to find a home for it and we were talking to a label uh my homie tony in Ohio, he 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 was doing um, he was doing music only out of Dayton, Ohio. Like he had he had started this label called Squid's Eye, but he loved our music and he had released my first two albums. So he said, "I would love to give you a distribution deal, uh, help you distrib- manufacture and distribute um, your music, you and your brother's music." And he's like. I had I had posted a photo on MySpace of just my hand. I have a four fingered hand, and um, 
I just wrote like fake form music, which is my publishing company, which I started in my, my old band Toka. And so it just started that way. It just became this outlet for me and my brother and our friends to put out music on our own terms. And it just happened that by, by the second release, I ended up taking a chance and working with, uh, a guy I barely knew named Factor Chandelier and it was yeah. his album Chandelier one of his first records and I loved it so much when he sent me a demo I'm, I'm on that record as well he he had reached out for a verse and I respected him as a producer so I did that and so yeah it, it kind of everything went from there and it be, at one point in my life I feel like it became my main art project like I took it more seriously than my own music I just wanted to build it and build a community and make make a space for you know left field hip hop specifically but also indie rock and um we've we've done so many types of and so many genres it's definitely not one thing um so we just wanted to make a space for for music at a, at, a, at a time when a lot of the indie hip hop labels were closing down and kind of the music industry was shifting to digital that's when we came out. So, <laughs> yeah, those were the, initially. That's kind of what it was. It was more out of necessity, have a good home for for us and for people we respected. You know, yeah, that's what's up. Though. It's like it's and that, and you and you just touched upon like the the exact meaning of this whole podcast adventure that I'm on. And thank you very much again for being here. Because like, um, is that I'm trying to build community and like I've and either people I've read or people I've seen. Or people I actually have an arm's reach for me because there's a couple episodes with people I actually know every, uh -huh. in my everyday life. But um, but but yeah, I was like when I when I, I had the feeling because I was looking at the lineup and then and doing my homework for for our conversation right now, and I was like, I bet you he knows everybody on this lineup. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it, um, yeah. It's not one of those things where yeah, people send me demos a lot, and I you know I think that that's cool, uh, even though. I've told them I'd never have really um, listened to a demo and like put out a record that way. It's always been like, I need to see you live. I need to know you. I need to be a fan already. You know what I mean? So that everybody on that label is someone I've met and have usually performed with, shared a stage with, and, and, and know in real life. Not just, it's not based on like, like I've had kids hit me up be like i'm gonna make you a millionaire with <laughs> with my album which is <laughs> definitely not gonna happen but like no. but also it's a funny way to do it it's like it's just not how it works and if that's who if that's how you think you're gonna do it by like reaching out to indie labels <laughs> i barely <laughs> have any money like uh good luck I mean, right. you should you should start doing things on your own and if you get to the point where you need some extra help from a community that's kind of built in and a team that's kind of built in then that's maybe when you should reach out to a label. I would always recommend like starting on your own, build it to the point where you maybe need extra help. You know, makes sense. Yeah. Because I know that if anything I've ever done, I've done it like it on the creative end. I've already always done it with with people I know. Mm -hmm. I do it by myself if it's my thing, and that way, like if it if something goes wrong and I fuck up, I can like I can point the finger and know exactly where I'm where i yeah. need to fix them i think okay. it's an old kind of thought process to to 
to have high expectations for a label these these days. Labels, you know, they could provide certain things, but mostly what it's providing is a space where of curation and a space of community. So like what we could provide is that we do have um, a community of people that check out pretty much everything we put out. And that's a cool thing. It's, but it's mostly us curating and deciding, okay, we're going to give this a shot and show it to, to our community. Um, it's not like us. It's not like the old label days of, um, you know, trying to develop an artist um, on a major scale or something like that. That's kind of, that's kind of different. Because I could say that from a fan's point of view, like I, I see something coming out, even if I don't know the name of the person, but I know they're on fake four, or if I know they're on DTR, or if I know they're on someone, someone's own label. Mm -hmm. um, I trust that more than say like Warner brothers or, or right, Epic records right. or something. Yeah, that's kind of why we're still yeah. around. I think to have those outlets for, for people who are already doing great shit, you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. And then we, every year we do these things called free Sember releases. So we do four free EPs from different artists. I feel like, you know, should get a little more shine. And usually they're really good friends of mine, to be honest, <laughs> like almost every time. And it's, and sometimes they're just really good friends of mine who don't, haven't been able to, you know, haven't had enough shine. So I just think they, they make cool stuff and they should get heard. And, that, and that's been a, I think we've done it for about 10 years now. So that's nice. been a cool, my brother started that actually. Um, Very so cool. it's, it's been a, it's been a successful way of getting ears. It's hard to, it's just hard to stand out these days. And it's, there's so much, so much content out there. Yeah, yeah, it is. I hate it's... to even use that word, but it's like constant, yeah. you know, words and so much information and, music and words and video and you know it's like it's hard to stand out and even if you're making wonderful art so um that's our way to help and give back a little bit you know that's what's up i mean it's like it's i mean like you, you touched upon that it's like that's like i'm looking i'm on we're doing this this whole thing digitally like we're us talking and like mm -hmm. the device i'm using i could literally like with my thumbs find almost anything i want but at yeah. the same time, like it's that's it's it's a lot out there, like you said. Yeah, so I was talking to my bandmate Sam about this recently. I was like, I remember there were times in my life when I got stuck with like one tape, like one cassette tape in my in my Walkman, or <laughs> I went on a trip with my family or something, and all I had was like De La Soul Stakes is High in my Walkman or something <laughs> like that, or or I or whatever it was, and I could really sit with an album and ingest an album and like and 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 hear the track eight you know what i mean and like listen really carefully and right. you know like the stuff that's buried in there and i think a lot of kids don't necessarily have that same experience with music anymore because they don't because of technology and because of how music is presented in this space where everything is accessible at once which is an amazing privilege but at the time at the same time i think it was a privilege that we had we we just to be able to focus so much on on certain things and like learn and take our time when we were learning to rap and learning to record on our four tracks or whatever it was right i mean that's something that has really changed uh with technology so um and it's hard to to stand out that's why as part of the reason i ask artists 
on free summer to to do eps because i know that most people aren't going to listen to a full album so when you're a new artist coming out keep it short and fucking catch someone's attention that's right. kind of you know i'm i'm lucky enough now that i have people that listen to everything on my record and that's taken me a fucking long time to get there you know what i mean yeah like that's the thing about diy stuff is it does it takes a minute to build it right so yeah and and i think i think it's it is like like you, you touched upon all those all those those the two types of privilege too that you have everything all at once now but back then we could sit with a record and i incidentally like that stakes is high album that you mentioned is mm-hmm. my is my favorite day whistle. okay <laughs> so, okay so i yeah, you're, spe- you're, you're speaking my language on that one so yeah it's just literally i was in cuba when i was um in my teens and that was i was there for a month with nothing else (laughs) you know what i mean that's what i listened to right yeah and i don't even know why it was the only thing i had but it was that's what (laughs) i ended up listening to but yeah uh, and i love it i do love that record a lot yeah Um, you can end up with far worse that's for sure (laughs) oh for sure for sure but um yeah you know it's also be, and also because of technology, and this is a, a blessing and a curse, is everyone and their mother can make music now and record right. it and put it out. Right. So that's an incredible privilege, but it's also going to lead to 10,000 new songs coming out every day. And that's, or maybe it's, maybe it's even 100, I don't know. It's like so many new songs coming out every day, standing out in that sea of, of music is insane it's daunting yeah it's really difficult in some ways and at the same time it's the easiest time ever to create and put out and distribute your own music and so it's like you know there as you know there are two sides to it i i think it's i feel really lucky to have come up in the time period when i did because i had a lot of time to build my craft and and it wasn't in public it was you know the the most embarrassing stuff i i've ever put out was on cassette tape only <laughs> and you're not going to find that and if you do <laughs> please call me I'll buy, it. I'll buy it off you for a lot of money <laughs> that's funny uh, that's, that's that's probably the equivalent of like my old notebooks if you find those yeah. <laughs> so it's... burn them on the spot no no that's Is cool it, I, I i appreciate finding those things but it it's just most of that stuff luckily you got to do in our rooms and didn't have to do it in public like a lot of these kids out there. Okay. That's the thing. It's like, I, I've, I ran into, I don't know, like I, I, I try to only promote this thing on Twitter now. So I very rarely get into conversations unless it's about music. And it's, mm-hmm. um, and then like, there's so many people in this current generation that are like, that have, the digital age has made them kind of lazy about things though. So it's like, Oh yeah. So you got the C that you spoke of, but you also have the like, Oh, I don't want to really wade through it. Even though you know the name, because this person just recommended who you should listen to. Just type it yeah, in right no. now. <laughs> so. I think it's, and I mean, as someone with a very short attention span myself, I get it. And I, and it's just all of this information hitting us at once. It can be very distracting. Right. I, I can't, you know, I'm this. I'm a victim of it as well. Like I, I'm not. Other than the stuff I put out, I don't sit with a ton of music. Um, you know, listening to albums front to back, I just don't anymore. 
And that's kind of sad to me. Yeah, I can definitely feel that. Like I, most of the time I do that, it's before the wife and the kid wakes up and I'm down here at like five in the morning. And Yeah, that's a good time. That, are, that really is a clear time. And these yeah. days I'm kind of trying to write during those times right. or, you know, drink my coffee or whatever. Yeah, that's usually, that's usually my time. Yeah, that's my coffee time. That's my, my egg sandwich. Mm-hmm. And usually yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. put on some sort of record and then I'll just kind of veg out till, until I need to poke them. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's definitely best with vinyl. When you yeah. sit down, you get a good setup. You could just bump the vinyl front to yeah. back, or at least right. one side of it. Right. But yeah, it's, um, nice. it's more rare these days for me though, and it's so it's that's so crazy because literally every <laughs> album I've ever loved is <laughs> just at my fingertips at, infinitely. <laughs> it's a <so crazy. laughs> it's that whole uh, infinite scrolls that. That our dude Steph talked about on his his last album, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like it's, uh, which is incidentally is the first time I ever saw a full set of you, was when you opened for, or publicly known as POS. Uh, uh-huh. So it was again in Boston, the same spot you you did the the oh the, it was oh yeah with. it was the Sinclair and I, I think my brother was there and Mo was there yeah that's right and then uh yeah, I was like. That was the night I first saw Transit 22, and mm-hmm. yeah, and so that was a pretty emotionally charged. Oh, fact, was Factor at that one? I think Factor was on that the, whole tour. I, I think oh, he no, was, maybe not. Maybe it was he. Maybe he's at that. I don't know. I'm kind of. I'm trying to remember now too. It's that was a minute yeah. ago too. So yeah. it was. That's. I love that venue too. By the way, like that. The that is a great venue. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. venue. It really is. Yeah, I've seen yeah. a bunch of stuff there now. So. Uh, yeah, I'll spot. take the trip. It really is. I'll I saw Karate there, uh, that band Karate. I saw oh, them yeah. there um, on their reunion show last year. Nice. That was cool. Yeah, yeah that's that. I the, the staff there is super nice too. I, I found so it's at least yeah, they are. Nice place. Yeah. Nice place. But um, so I'm going to circle back into like what you're listening to. Is like you said, you don't have a whole lot of time listening, but like what, what, when you do listen to music, what is what is what is on on rotation? Uh, on rotation, um, I mean that those rotations shift a lot. I, I go back to I, I find myself going back to a lot of nostalgia. You know, like I don't know what was I listening to the other day. Oh, you know what was funny? And I never really took time with these records, and I I kind of like I kind of brushed them off because of the Scientology thing, which I feel is is legit of me to do, but it's also um, kind of shitty of me <laughs> was um, Beck. So I, I, we listened to um, Beck's um, Odele front oh. to back oh, nice. the other day. That was pretty cool. That's a dope. Yeah. That's a dope album. Yeah, it's a dope album. Then then we listened to this um, EP he did called Beer Can, and it's because my it's because Sam, my bandmate, is a was a you know growing up was a big fan of his. So. Sure. So that was cool. And then we listened to the K Records release. So that's the last thing I like sat through and like listened to full. Right? Nice. Um, which is funny for me to shout out because I, I really didn't spend time with that music before, but <laughs> I found a lot of good, um, oh, Mellow Gold as well. So I found a lot of good um, moments in that stuff. Nice. Uh, it was cool. It was crazy to me that someone could put out a record like Mellow Gold and just blow the fuck up on that because it's such a, experimental and subversive and like drug riddled right. like and, and lo-fi kind of record it's such it's dope but the, the 90s were different like that 
Yeah, that's a, that, that was one of the weirdest fucking things I ever heard when I was a kid. Like, I heard that. I'm like, what is yeah. this? And there's no way that anybody could have told me that he would still be around and relevant. Like, yeah, exactly. and I would, I would exactly. not have believed them back then. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's it's very a, off, very out there for sure. Yeah, and some yeah. of the songwriting is very good. So yeah. go back and respect it a lot for what it is. Uh, I guess I didn't realize he was. A, he's, you said he's a Scientologist. Yeah, but he, you know the thing is, I, I believe he grew up in that in Hollywood with like parents that, like his father's like a famous composer, and his mother was an artist, and so it kind of makes sense growing up in Hollywood that they could have been swept into that movement, you know. Right. But another album I've been listening to, I was listening to, I was in, I was in Puerto Rico with my family, and my father lives out there. My my grandmother is still around, and she's still lives out there. Um, I was listening to that uh, Rosalia album. This is uh, uh, she's from Spain, actually. She's like a pop singer, but it's really, really interesting pop music. I listened to that record front to back. So, sure, cool. Yeah, like that. It's it. I like. Uh, there's a, a number of pop pop records that I'll throw on without any any issue whatsoever. And yeah, like, hers is really interesting though. It's like it'll all break into like jazz or like bachata or like right. this crazy, you know, kind of hip hop, noisy hip hop stuff. It's like it's it's dope. It's dope to hear what pop can be and how much influence stuff from the underground, like music that our friends were making, has touched, has like influenced mainstream music. I, I hear that all the time. Obviously, stuff like Kendrick is is the most obvious example of that. But but um, it's cool to hear sounds that were considered experimental or off the wall back when we were younger being used uh, in pop uh, right. spaces now. Absolutely, yeah. It's a, it's a good way to keep that. I mean, if you want to save pop, I guess that's the thing. You have to kind of you have to you have to be experimental. I think. I mean, as a that's just it. I mean, as like, we can't stay stagnant. Stagnant music is is not not for anybody who really feels a thing. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but but yeah, I was like, that's I was I'm always interested in what people who make music or do creative arts listen to, watch, like the, like artists they like, because that's like that's why I ask questions like that because. And then I, I listen to so I mean I, I really, uh, most of my music is in the morning, but like I listen to a, a lot of music though. So mm -hmm. I'm always, cool. so yeah, so I'm always interested in hearing what other people are listening to because if it's something I've never heard of or something I haven't considered in a while, so mm -hmm. like I might have to go back to back now that we've talked about them. So yeah, that stuff it's it's just amazing that that's, that could be a hit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right? from loser to what it be, that what to the to the breadth of that fucking career. It's like incredible. Right. Yeah. The, the loser line that always gets stuck in my head is like getting shit crazy with the cheese whiz. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, and I remember being a kid like, okay, yeah, so I'd be, I'd, what is that? But, uh, and I was, and I was listening to some weird shit back then too, but like I said, but still. Oh, we also recently listened to the entire Rob, uh, Robin the hood album by sublime front oh, to nice. back and just, that record is off the fucking wall. I cannot, like, I'm so amazed <laughs> that that was how they've decided to follow up 40 Ounces to Freedom, which was like a beloved California record just to anyone who grew up in California. 
it wasn't necessarily big outside of California until much later. But um, but they followed it with a four track album of a mishmash, hodgepodge, you know, like genre bending fucking beats and drum machines and just dubbed out noises and and like voice recordings. And I think it's an amazing album. It's like one of honestly, I go back to that record probably more than any other Sublime record. <laughs> that's nice yeah so sublime was a very interesting band because like they, mm-hmm. they they knew how to do it like in all the different ways too they had that like with that white boy reggae that my wife and i talk about <laughs> so they yeah they did but they, it was not an era when that was a thing right so it was like such an off the wall you gotta like context is really important to me and it's like they influenced a lot of bands like that but at that time that was not really a big thing so and what yeah. they and if you dig, dig into what the content of it, it's like so different than anything that's like that's super posy. It's not super posy music at all. No, no. It's super dark. It's you know, it's it's um it's street music basically. It's just like from that perspective of like a white dude from Long Beach. Right. You know? Um and it's it's hard as hell. I love it. I think it's like some of the rawest music that ever came out on a major level to be honest i could i could feel that yeah it's like yeah, i didn't mean anything disparaging to them i just put more of the no, stuff no, that, no, no. Yeah, yeah. it is it is it's, but yeah yeah more of the stuff that but it wasn't there. it's not anything like the music that they influenced you know right that's like, yeah. they influenced a whole generation of shit that i think is terrible but like yeah. um they it's because they took parts of what they thought sublime was but if you listen to the entirety of that catalog it's like there's so much more depth to what they're doing you know yeah yeah there's like there's definitely there's definitely some bands that i will not mention by name because yeah, i don't want because i don't want to go too to negative <laughs> yeah yeah i don't i don't either but yeah there's definitely yeah. bands like yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen live and all that and i'm just like this is this is heartless it's like a heartless ripoff of yeah. one of one thing that sublime did and that's it yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I, a bummer to me yeah, I could, I feel that because that's really where we like we were talking. My wife and I were talking about the what they birthed, yeah, more more yes. so than what they were because like uh, exactly. So yeah. That's a bummer to me because I I have a feeling that if he survived, he wouldn't be into that either. Yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I think you're right. I think that Mr. Noel would not improve. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like I've seen some like my my wife and I went to a a concert a while back, and one of those bands was there. And I come, mm-hmm. I, and I turned to her and said, "Like they're gonna do that weird drum thing that every white boy reggae thing does." And, like, <laughs> and, I, and I pointed at the stage, and it happened right when I pointed. I'm like, "Fucking yep, man, fucking there it is." And I and and we talked about like how much we miss Sublime that day. So yeah, because Sublime, uh, like yeah, they, yeah, exactly. They were they could be sloppy and and just kind of like they were just punk band at its at its core, you know. It right. was just like they loved reggae, so. Yeah, and they loved hip hop and all those things. So it was just like yeah. that stood out. But it's really at its core, it's a sloppy, drunken punk band. Right, <laughs> that's true. And then their version of "Summertime" is so fucking dope. Oh, so dope. Yeah. So dope. And it's like yeah, it's and, to, to bring uh, that jazz into it too. So it's a... yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they had great hip hop taste as well. So yeah, the the elements that come out in in that are tasteful for the most part. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I big big ups to them, and and it's me, Brad Noel still be in peace. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I was definitely bummed out when I heard that he he was gone. So mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think I was at the time I was one of the only people that listened to them in, in my high school. Like <laughs> yeah. if I met anyone else that knew who they were, it was super rare. And then he died and then it started becoming pop, you know, it started becoming mainstream after his death. And that changed everything and changed the whole culture behind it. It was kind of, you know, it was, yeah. it was strange. It was. <laughs> it was like a band that I seriously nobody I knew knew who the fuck they were on the East Coast. I don't right. Yeah, there was like maybe one one dude in my high school that did it, and like he, exactly. he's like, yeah, he's like, well, he's like, you you like rap? You might like this. And he gave me the tape of, uh, I think it was Forty Ounce of Freedom, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. I was I was taken by it. It was yeah, for sure, fucking groove. But uh, but yeah, that's and then. Just uh, I want to circle back if you can, if you will like you started talking about uh, Factor Chandelier, like mm-hmm. so how long have you guys been working together? Because I've seen you guys your, your names are attached often enough. That, I guess like, officially, like I mean, it must have been sixteen years ago when we actually did that music the first song together. It might have been fifteen. I don't know it was probably sixteen years ago when we did the our first song together, which was a song called "Pray." So that's how long we've been working together. Right. Yeah. Nice. Because yeah, I, I dig what he does too. He's like, a, so if you talk to him and tell him Matt from the corner really digs him too. So, oh, dope. Yeah. Uh, he's got a, a record coming out maybe in the summer. So, oh, nice. Um, if you want to reach back and have a chat with him, I'm sure he's down. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely down to talk to him. It's actually, it was going to be, um, because I, because I don't want to take too much of your, it's, well, it's daytime for you, but I don't want, I don't want to take too much of your day. So I was oh yeah, it's pretty late for you, huh? Yeah, it's like well, not too bad. It's a like ten, but still, you know. Yeah. But I didn't want to soak up all of your day or anything. But um, I was gonna. My, one of the questions I try to ask, but I don't always remember, is who 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 should I try to try to knock on the door of next? If, in your opinion, oh, uh, you know Miles Miles Bond. I know the name from Portland, Maine. Just feel like they'd be like a cool interview and. Um, coming from new england as well and also uh about to embark on a on a long tour a long year of touring exciting young artist on fake four so maybe that's the next that's a that's a good one all right yeah so i'll i'll circle back to factor i'll circle to back to them that's a... yeah for sure there we go. that's awesome and uh is so you've got the you've got the band uh, co-defendants you got the tour with no effects coming out uh coming yeah, and then album uh co-defendants album should be coming out end of march all right um, or maybe april I, th- I think it's end of march though yeah oh, that's dope it's like so so uh if if someone is listening to you and you hear they're here it's like oh, i love that fucking chessy guy where can they find you uh my my name is spelled c-e-s-c-h-i and you could just google that and find something or whatever however people listen to music it's hard i don't really have any central i have a website that it's just mostly for promoters to to take bios and photos from because i don't think people really go to websites but if you want to just google c-e-s-c-h-i you'll find me and i'm on all socials and all streaming platforms or whatever and then and you're definitely on Bandcamp. i've seen you there so it's yeah i don't really use my personal Bandcamp though so if people go to that they might be disappointed because it's not um it's not really my full catalog most of my catalog is on fake4.bandcamp.com which is the record label i started 15 years ago all right 
That's pretty dope. It's like, I, have you, you're, you're a part of the, are you a part of the Facebook fan group that's on, on there? Yeah, are you I, mean, there? There, I use Facebook a lot less. Um, I'm trying to go on there and, you know, spread the word when I can. But I, there was a time when I was, yeah, the Fake Four Supporters group was started by my friend Nikki Anarchy, who works with the label. And, um, yeah, at, at some point I was on there a whole lot. I, I've kind of drifted from social media a little bit. I'm not a, not as active. But I, I try to keep people, I, I try to let people know what I'm up to, though, so. All right, I'll check in once in a while. Yeah. So I saw I saw some of your live stuff on there. Uh, that was super dope. So thank you very much for that during oh. the pandemic. <laughs> oh, dope, dope. Yeah, that's that was a great. That was a lifesaver to be able to do those live streams during the pandemic. It was great. Yeah. So I, I, I'm glad that I was able to remember to to talk to you about that because uh, yeah, that was definitely a lifesaver for for us here because my wife and I before COVID used to go to shows all the time and then. It, yeah, we don't so much anymore, and we have a little one now too. But oh yeah, congrats! Uh, oh, thanks, cool. thank you. Uh, but we still take her to things so if we can. But, but how yeah, old? So, uh, she is ten months old. So. Ten months old. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, she's she. I was just had her listening to you earlier today, and she was just bounding around, and awesome. she's starting to yeah put. She, so yeah, your, your music made her shake herself around. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, That's so, awesome. Yeah, so thank, thank you for that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're um, I'm I'm fresh out of questions, and I mean, I, I feel like I could talk to you forever, but I, I don't <laughs> want to do that to you because, like, you, you put me, you definitely like put me in a really cool conversational mode. Um, yeah, the, you're every bit as nice. I'm going to tell you that right now. You're every bit as nice as um, my my homie Jeremy that that I asked the question for. He met you a few times. I don't probably in Boston because he lives in Boston, mm-hmm. uh, um, and he's he says like, "Oh, you're gonna have a great time talking." And he's a nice fucking guy, and oh, and cool. you, you're every bit as as that, and and, and you you went further with it too. So, oh, thank no you. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thank yeah. you very much for coming on, man. All right, have a good night. You too. Okay. Take bye. How do we end this? I don't know. I think I just hit this button. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave that part in if it's cool. <laughs> No doubt. All right. All right. Have a good night, man. Peace.